Good to see you all. Had a great week? Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, special welcome to my ex-lecturer here. And uh, do say hello to him. He's a um, um, great Bible teacher. So just, you know, um, say hello to him and um, make him feel welcome here. And um, such a privilege to be able to preach in front of him tonight. <laughs> this morning, as Jill has already mentioned, that... Um, the power of God's word really touched the hearts of the people. So many people had, um, uh, responded to God's word. So I do pray that the same thing will happen tonight. We believe that the same thing will happen. The spirit of God is among us and that God will challenge us and um, make his word bearing fruit in our hearts and life. Let's pray together, shall we? Holy Father, we thank you for this time that we can come together, Lord God to hear from you, Lord God. I thank you that you have already been moving among us. And I know, God, that you, you are going to continue to move in our hearts as we are listening to your word, Lord. I pray that the word of God will bring change to us, will bring uh, transformation to our hearts and soul, Lord God. So just move right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Amen. Praise God. We're going to continue looking at Paradigm 4, five paradigms for nation transformation. And um, just to recap for those who are um, maybe here for the first time, this is what we've been um, preaching about. This is what we believe that God has been speaking to us. So um, Pastor Brian had already um, shared on um, paradigm number one. We are called to disciple nations, not just individuals. And um, number two, the marketplace, which is the heart of the nation, has already been redeemed by Jesus and now needs to be reclaimed. Amen? And number three, um, Pastor Margaret preached on this one. Every Christian is a minister and labor is worship. All these things are so exciting. Amen? These things are so, so transforming, to me anyway. So, uh, paradigm four, that's what I already, um, where is it? Go back. We are called to take the kingdom of God to where the gates of hell are for Jesus to build his church. Do you believe that we can do that? Yeah. Amen. And um, last time we already looked at, you know, we can be confident that paradigm four is possible because what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Amen? What Jesus has done for us on the cross means a lot of things. He redeemed not just you and me, but he also redeemed everything else in the whole world as well. And because of the victory won by Jesus at Calvary, we are no longer subject to Satan's deception, either in our thinking or our attitude or in our faith in God. The Bible tells us that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities and power and rulers of the darkness of this world. And as we seek to see the kingdom of God expanded, established, see the enemy of our soul at the same time will seek to knock us down, to overthrow us, and to discourage us in every way. But God has already provided us ways through which we can gain victory. And our city can become God's city. And Phuket can become God's 
city. Do you believe that? Phuket can become God city. Transformation can take place, and Phuket has already just, you know, Dale has already mentioned, you know, the seed of transformation already been sown, and we're going to continue to see the fruit. Amen? We're going to continue to take the ground bit by bit, and we will see the, the vision become reality. Phuket will see transformation. Thailand is going to see transformation. We are called to take the kingdom of God to where the gates of hell are for Jesus to build his church. I want to ask you a question tonight. Is your prayer today to see God's kingdom be established here on earth? Is your prayer today is to see the kingdom of God come into your family, your place of work, your school, your business, your nation? If not, maybe it's time for us to start praying on this one because this is what Jesus has taught us to do. You know, we can be Christian who can just wait for Jesus to come back and take us. Right? Like I already challenged you last time as I shared. Um, two nights ago, um, we woke up around about 2 a.m. at home. And uh, because all the electricity went off, and for the very, very weird reason, I just woke up with this really weird feeling. I just never felt like this before. All, all of a sudden, I just thought, Lord, has, it has the rapture taken? Am I still here by myself? Do you ever wake up like that? It's kind of weird feeling, you know? I just thought all of a sudden, am I left alone? It's is Dave still there? And I try to look for him. Where is he? And, oh, I don't know whether that ever happened to you or not. And I'm just like, God, don't let me stay here on earth alone. You know, take me if you come, you know. And it's just kind of weird. Just never felt like that before. And, you know, it's important for us to wait for Jesus to come back, right? The second, of, the second coming of Jesus, you know, is going to take place. And we have to be ready. And every day that we live our lives, that's how we prepare ourselves to be ready for his coming. But we can't just sit around and wait and do nothing. Right? Uh, while we are still waiting to catch the flight from um, Bangkok to Phuket, this is two weeks ago after we um, finished our holiday, had to um, fly back. And uh, we had a little bit of time at Suwannapum Airport to um, catch the next flight. So um, it was like over lunchtime. So me and Dave just thought, let's go and find something quick to eat and run, you know, because flying with Air Asia, they don't give you plenty of time. Anybody fly with them before you know, right? So anyway, after we found something just to um, snack on, I just found a place to sit down next to one lady and a place for Dave to sit next to me. And, um, I saw this one lady next to me, right? It's kind of um, funny. And uh, I just started eating and, you know, finished it quickly. And then I just looked at her and tried to create the atmosphere of, you know, building a friendship and relationship kind of thing. And I just asked her a question. Oh, hi, how are you? Where, where are you flying to? And she said, really genuinely, I'm, I'm going to Italy. I said, oh, really? Wow, that's great. Who are you going with? 
And uh, she replied, well, actually, my husband will come and pick me up. Oh, really? That's really fantastic. Um, so where is he now then? Oh, well, he's still in Italy. I thought, oh, okay, right. And how long have you been waiting for him? She kind of paused and then just replied, um, since yesterday. And um, while we were still talking, I saw another lady who was probably like um, the cleaner for the airport just came to her and handed her something and said to her, this is, you know, somebody else passed this on to me to give it to you. Maybe you're hungry and you should have this. So by that point, I just thought, this is a little bit awkward, a, bit, a little bit weird, so I just thought, hmm, okay. And then all of a sudden, she just started to tell me the story about how um, she met up with this, um, you know, what, what she calls her, her, um, her husband. She said, well, my husband is a really famous person in Italy. He's actually a um, 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 football player called Paolo Martini or something like that. And... Um, um, he's, a, he's also a movie star and everybody just so jealous of me and trying to kind of stop us from meeting, stop us from getting together and on and on and on and on. And it's, I just thought, that's a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, I, I wish I could have time to talk to her more and, you know, tell her about, you know, the love of God, but because of the time that was running out. And so afterward, I found out later, right, I told the people about this story and one person told me that actually the story of this lady has been published in a book it's been on the news it's been on television but i don't know how i didn't find out about it you know i still sat down and talked to her apparently she, she her life is real you know it's her, her story is real she actually met up um, with this uh, football player in italy but um, she, she used to be like the, the designer, the dressmaker, very, very famous, very, uh, very well off as well. She used to stay in the palace and made all the dresses for, you know, up, high, up class people and um, had the business for herself. But because of her story with, uh, you know, this guy and uh, the family didn't like her or kicked her out. And, and uh, apparently she's been waiting for this guy just sitting there since the opening of Suwannapum Airport. <laughs> that was like how many years ago? Three or four years ago. And I just thought to myself, gosh, you know, this woman, she could have done something else worthwhile. She's not mental, but all that she was living for was waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy who promised her who would come and pick her up and take her to Italy. I mean, it's sad, isn't it, to hear the story like that? And a lot of Christians, I believe, sometimes we, you know, we can have that kind of attitude unintentionally. Because a lot of people tend to think that because this earth has already been defied by the power of sin, and there's no much point to do anything about it. Because one day, God will come in and take us to be with him. Anyway, so that's not, not much point to do anything about it. They put too much emphasis on that, that they don't actually do anything to invest their life in the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm trying to get to you tonight. You know, when we come to think about it, in comparison with our bodies, we know, right, that one day, this earthly clay will will grow old. I don't like the word old very much. <laughs> Thinking about how many years ago I finished Bible college, I just thought, gosh, that's 
long time ago, 10 years, I can't believe that. You know, one day we'll grow old, we disappear, we, you know, God will give us the new body. But even though we know that that is going to take place, that is going to happen, but that doesn't stop us from taking good care of our bodies here on earth. Right? We still um, do exercise, we still eat good food to nourish our bodies, we take a break to give ourselves, you know, some rest. And that tells me that we do take good care of our body. So why is it different with you know, taking care of the world, taking care of the earth. It's the same uh, as the earth that we are living in. Even though we know that this earth is rotten away by the effect of sin and that we all wait for the new heaven and earth, yet this should not prevent us from being, bringing the kingdom of God to earth. God is telling us that things don't have to carry on that way. He has offered us the possibility of life out of the rotten earth. This is why we have been paying so much attention on establishing the kingdom of God because we believe that this is what God has called us to do. We are called to take the kingdom of God to where the gates of hell are for Jesus to build his church. See, for us to see this paradigm become possible, we must understand, like I said, we must understand what Jesus did for us at Calvary. I already explained that um, last week and this time we're going to look at point number two and number three as well. We need to understand the relationship between the kingdom of God and the church. See, when we have the right understanding of the relationship between the kingdom of God and the church, this will help us to understand what Paradigm 4 is all about. See, throughout the gospel, the term kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven appears more than 50 times. Most of them were spoken by Jesus, whereas the word church appears only twice. However, when you read on to the book of Acts, the, it's opposite way around. You find, out, you find that the word church appears so many times, but the kingdom of God only appears like um, in the beginning of the book. What does this tell me? tells me that the term the kingdom of God and the church are closely interrelated. We cannot have one without the other. See, the coming of the kingdom of God will bring about the establishment of churches, right? But when churches are edified, that should result in the advancement of the kingdom of God as well. It's closely interrelated. Let's look first at the significance of the kingdom of God The word kingdom in Greek, basileia, means a rule, a kingdom, or reign. To have a kingdom, you usually need three of the um, basic components a king, the people, and the lords. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus is our king, right? And we are his people who acknowledge his rule over our lives and will live to honor him through his word that he has given to us. And this tells us that the kingdom of God represents God's sovereignty over all the earth. It represents God's sovereignty over all the earth. The Bible tells us in Psalm uh, 24, verse 1, one of my favorite verses here, the earth is the Lord's and everything 
in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, everything in this whole universe belongs to God. God has his sovereignty over all things. And even though man had sinned against God, even though the earth has been affected by the power of sin, you know what? That doesn't change the truth that God is still the king over all things. He is still the king of kings and the lord of lords. So here in Thailand, we have a king. Most of the Thai people respect the king. You get some odd people who kind of try to rebel against his rule. And even though some people may not like him, may not want to accept his rule, but that doesn't change the fact that he's still king. It doesn't change the fact that this land still his land. And it's the same with God. Even though Satan has, has gained an access to set up his kingdom on earth and has drawn many people to be under his rule, this does not change or affect God's sovereignty over all creation. His sovereignty cannot be affected by what man does. And that is a powerful thing. You know, what we do, what we are, what we behave, you know, it doesn't affect his sovereignty. He's still God. He's still sovereign. Situations, circumstances, they cannot affect the sovereignty of God in our lives. We can sometimes feel that he's far away, that he's not listening to us. You know, we pray and pray and pray, where is God? But that, that, does that mean that he's, he's not God? He's still God, no matter what happens. He's still God, whether he answers your prayer or doesn't. He's still sovereign. He's still the king. He's still God. He's still the king of kings. And this is something very important for us to understand in order to um, take hold of this paradigm. To see God's kingdom established where the gates of hell are is to see God's sovereignty being acknowledged wherever the enemy has established his wicked kingdom. Can you say amen with that? Amen. amen. To see his kingdom established where the gates of hell are is to see God's sovereignty being acknowledged. Acknowledged. Do we acknowledge his sovereignty tonight? Is he sovereign over your life? I want to see so many Thai people come and actually acknowledge that God, Jesus, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now they don't know it yet, but one day they will. So the kingdom of God represents God's sovereignty over all the earth. Another thing about the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God is always expansive. It's always expansive. For Jesus, the concept of the kingdom of God was very important to him. We read often about how he preached and taught about the kingdom of God is so much of uh, is of so much significance that when he taught his disciple, he taught them to pray that the kingdom of God would come on earth. It was on the top of the list. Um, Matthew six nine to ten. You can read that at home. 
but I can read out to you now. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's on the top of the list that Jesus teaches us. What does it imply to us to pray that the kingdom of God would come? We've heard so much lately about ushering in the kingdom of God, but do we really understand the depth of what it actually carries? See, it is the heart of God to see his sovereignty acknowledged. It is the heart of God to see his kingdom established and enlarged. You have one passage from the Bible in Luke 13, 18 to 21, when Jesus likened the kingdom of God to two things. The first thing, he likened it to a grain of mustard seed that was sold by a man in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds came to lodge in its branches. He also likened it to some yeast that a woman used to, make, to mix it with a bushel of flour until the whole batch of dough rises. And you get the picture of what he is trying to tell us. At home, we have bread maker, a very privileged gift to have. We didn't buy it, but it was the wedding gift a long time ago, and uh, we felt really blessed because in the morning, you know, you wake up. You're going to get jealous of me now. We wake up with this ah, freshly baked bread. And, you know, you feel like, oh, wonderful breakfast is waiting for me. I don't bake bread, okay? My husband does. I don't do anything. I only wash and eat and do the dishes afterwards. So um, I praise God for the bread maker and also the husband as well who knows how to do it. <laughs> I better say that. <laughs> you know, but without yeast, because once or twice, I think, we woke up expecting to see the fully, um, um, you know, the full loaf, but it's kind of, um, it felt like half of the loaf disappeared. And we tried to work it out, and finally he worked it out. You should have known this before, that he forgot to put yeast in. And that's why it didn't, it didn't, you know, didn't get properly baked. And we only have, like, about that thick. It's supposed to be about that thick. And that morning was about that thick, so it didn't last us very long. So it's important when you bake bread, you know, don't forget to put your yeast in, okay? Very important ingredient. See? Yeast is an important ingredient. You and me are that small but powerful portion of yeast that God has already put into your community, in your marketplace, in workplace, in school, in business, in your neighborhood. It might be small. You know, I'm small. I'm pretty awesome, though, I believe. I heard that. Because um, even though, you know, you preach about, you, you mentioned that um, when I was away. So um, even though I might be small and get blown away by the wind, but don't mess with me. He said that. So even though you may feel like you are, you know, just a small influence into your community. But remember what Pastor Brian said? You might be the only one Christian in your workplace. But this is what you have to say. You are the first Christian, not the only Christian. You are the first Christian. That means 
you know, you're going to extend the kingdom of God, you're going to expand the kingdom of God, there's many more to come to know the love of God through your life, through your influence. The kingdom of God is supposed to be expansive, never regressive. A while, a while back, some of you may still remember when Pastor Brian shared from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, very powerful message. And um, this verse says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. The increase of God's reign shall know no end. It will keep going and it will keep growing. It will keep going and it will keep growing. God's plan for the world is amazing. Even though we know that Jesus died on the cross and had already risen from the death, 2,000 years ago, it doesn't mean that God has finished his work on establishing his kingdom on earth. On the contrary, he's only just started. It's a big plan. And God has given us the privilege to play a part in it, not just on the individual level, but as a cooperative group of people too. This is why God has come up with such a brilliant idea called church. Church is not building. It's you and me. We are his church. We are his representatives. Who's supposed to go out to where we used to think maybe it's too impossible, it's too hard. But we can go there to establish the kingdom of God. And this is the reason why church exists. See, the significance of the church, let's look together. In Greek, it's the word ecclesia. And during the time of Jesus, the idea of church was used to refer, um, refer to assembly, a religious congregation. Okay? Sorry. But later on in the book of Acts, it was used in a more specific way to refer to a Christian community. Church is not a building, like I said, but it's a body of believers in Jesus Christ. It's you and me working together to see Jesus' plan in establishing the kingdom of God fulfilled. The church is a vehicle and the kingdom of God is what we carry. The church is the vehicle, but the kingdom of God is what we actually carry out. You know, This is what we do to preach about the kingdom of God, to establish the kingdom of God. When Jesus first mentioned the word church, I believe he had introduced the new kind of gathering. In Matthew 16, 18 to 19, Jesus tells us, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gaze of hate will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So notice here that Jesus chose to use a very specific phrase, my church, okay? My church. He didn't just say, I will build a church. That's the difference. He said, I will build my church. 
And this is a powerful phrase. I believe here that Jesus was actually introducing something a lot more different from other kinds of assemblies that the people were used to during those days. Let me just point out to you a few things of what I believe that this phrase, my church, represents. When Jesus said my church, it represents a congregation gathering under my name or Jesus' name. See, we are not here to gather under the name of PCC. No, we mention it a lot because we love PCC, Phuket Christian Center. We are proud to be part of it. In a way, we may look small tonight, but don't forget, you know, this is just one small part of the church. We have the Morgan, we have our Burmese people, we have Thai people, and next Sunday is going to be a great time when we come together from different nations to celebrate God's love together. I love um, Sunday service, um, celebration. I love Sunday as well, but I also love celebration service as well, you know. We are gathered here, not under PCC name. We're not here to, to Exalt PCC. We're here to exalt Jesus. We are here to worship Jesus. We are here under the name of Jesus. How many of you know that when we gather together in his name, that's bound to be some or something happening? Okay? Jesus promised in Matthew 18, 20. Jesus said, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. There am I with them. Do you believe that Jesus is here with us tonight? Are you, are you there? Do you believe that Jesus is here with us? Yes. Amen. Where's my back row? I'm not here. They're only here in the morning. Yeah, you believe that Jesus is here tonight? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, I'm not speaking to a dead church. I'm speaking to the church that is alive and on fire and vibrant. Hallelujah. <laughs> now when we pray, this is why we pray in the name of Jesus, right? Because by his authority, things can be changed. By his authority, things can be pulled down. Things can be built up because we have his name. In any kingdom, Anything, well, in Thailand, anything that's done under the king's name means a great deal, right? In Thailand, for any law to be passed, it's got to be accepted and signed by the king first in order that the law will become um, active, right? And when he signs it, I mean, you know, no one can go against his law, and if you do so, you get in trouble. What am I trying to say here? See, far greater than any other names, we have the name of Jesus to depend on. Amen? We have his name to rely on. We have his name with us when we go out and establish the kingdom of God. We have his name with us. And at his name, Satan will have to flee. At his name, the devil will have to flee. And this is the powerful weapon that we have. This is why I say we can be confident that we can take the kingdom of God to where the gates of hell are. Because the name of Jesus, this is what we have. We've got his signature over 
this mission already. That means nothing can come against us. Far greater than any other name, the name of Jesus. If you are here for the first time, you might not know it, but if you are, you've been here a few years before the vegetarian festival takes place, that's usually this small festival that takes place before. It's all about the turtle, the spread of turtle. Do you know anything about that? It's funny, actually. I, pre I was preparing it, but uh, when I went home yesterday, two days ago, to my mom's place, and my little sister was watching this movie, and she was like glued to the television like this. I was thinking, was she watching some kind of girly film? It wasn't. Actually, she was watching the film to do with the big turtle called Toto. And Toto was supposed to be the hero to save Japan. And, um, you know, that sort of thing. And it was so funny. You know, all the people, all the children try running to this Toto and try to give the support to Toto because Toto going to fight with the dinosaur and bringing victory over the country, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, Japan, you know, they have all sorts of weird and wonderful things happening. <laughs> but actually, in Phuket as well, what they do here in the festival, they um, usually believe that turtle lives, you know, a long life. So when they go to the tiny temple, they bring, um, if you bring the small one, you can extend a little bit of life. But if you bring the big one, you have longer period of life to live for. That's what they believe. And turtle is, they're not real turtle. It's made of flour and sugar, maybe a little bit, a little bit of yeast as well, and painted it with red color. And what they do, they bring this to the temple in order to say, to ask for forgiveness and ask for the uh, extension um, of more